Well, the Thanksgiving holiday has officially ended, so uh, let me say Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, I thought I'd, thought I'd start by asking you what some of your favorite things are about Christmas season. So, so let, me, let me just hear a few things that, that you really enjoyed during Christmas season. Decorations, giving, food. All right, all right. So, uh, so we had decorating. Uh, we had looking at other people's decorations. Have you guys ever been to the Griswold House by Sprinkles Ice Cream in that area? You got to check it out, man. We, we, go, every, we go every year. Uh, the music, thankful, thankful uh, for 101.5. That's uh, Christmas uh, all, all season long here. Uh, the movies, what about Christmas movies? I know The Elf is a classic one. Uh, the Christmas Story, do you guys know that uh, a good part of that movie was filmed in Cleveland, Ohio? Just goes to show you, everything good comes from Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, also, It's a Wonderful Life. I watched that for the first time ever last year. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? I'm 37, man. But, uh, but that's a classic. Uh, giving gift to others, uh, getting gifts, and I know some people said the food as well. Notice I didn't intentionally ask you what was the most important part of Christmas, because that would have been uh, a setup. We already know that the most important part of Christmas is it's in the word Christmas, which means Christ Mass or Christ worship. And we all know that Christmas is all about celebrating the birth of our Savior by worshiping Him. Then when, why do we often miss out on this uh, important part of Christmas? I thought of a couple reasons of why we kind of uh, miss it. One of the reasons is we get too busy. We get too busy. There's just too much going on at Christmas. Uh, you're doing this and you're doing that, rushing here and, and rushing there. Uh, and before you realize it, you get to the end of another Christmas and you think, I didn't really take the time to focus on, to think about or worship the Lord Jesus as I should have. We kind of go a little cray-cray at Christmas uh, when you think about it. Uh, in this one month of the year, we try to pack in way too much activity. I know for us, my next free night is in about two weeks uh, for me. Uh, we decide to, uh, to write a card to everyone we've ever met, whether we like them or not. <laughs> Come on, seriously, we all, we're all do that. Uh, my wife and I, we have learned to write uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. because We usually don't get it out until January, so it buys us a little bit of time. Um, we're thinking about maybe doing like, you know, and... Uh, uh, and, and yeah, <laughs> and Easter as well to give us even more time. Uh, so a kind of a creaster kind of card, I guess. But um, you know, we decide to uh, redecorate our houses from one end to the other, inside and out. Uh, we decide to um, to drive around searching for the p perfect gift for everybody we love. If you can't find that perfect gift, two words: gift cards. Listen, man, I love gift cards. Um, People that think like, man, you know, you don't put any thought into it. I don't care. You get me a gift card, I get what I want to get. All right. So <clears throat> I like gift cards. Uh, we decide uh, to cook more and bake more than any other month of the year. Uh, my wife has uh, uh, realized that last year she tried to, to do Christmas cookies uh, with all the kids without me being there, and uh, we're definitely not going to do that again this year. So we're definitely going to be assisting in that. Uh, we decide to go to more parties in a single month than we do in all other 11 months combined. And on top of all that, the schools decide to give your kids back to you 
for two weeks. We enjoy that first week, but when it's second week, we're ready, to, we're ready for them to, to definitely go back. Um, we have to really be, I really encourage you to be intentional about worshiping Jesus this year. Be intentional about worshiping, worshiping Jesus. And especially if you have little ones, to start traditions uh, right now while they're young to get them to think of the real reason. Um, you know, I know my kids, we got the, uh, um, the catalog from Target recently of all the Christmas gifts that you can get. And, um, and you know, think about all the stuff that they already have. And so I'm thinking about just making a catalog of everything they already have for next year. And they can just circle what they already have and what they can play with as well. But... Um, you know, maybe some of the things that you can do is uh, we have a Christmas Just Because card, so I encourage you to use those and use those in front of your kids. Give your, give your, uh, give your kids, when you're, out, when you're out shopping or, or whatever it is, give your kid a, a, a Christmas Just Because card and give them a dollar and say, hey, go bless someone with this. Just go bless someone with that. Uh, be a part of the shoebox that we're doing next week. We have partnered with the YMCA. They do a Wiseman every year. And there's a lot of families in our area that uh, the kids just don't have anything for Christmas. And uh, last year, uh, they gave, um, I think they helped over 30 families. Every family got, a, got $350 gift cards to buy presents for their kids that, that wouldn't have had a Christmas at all. So uh, stop by the YMCA, and, and you, can, um, you can give uh, a donation to help that as well. And um, there's no, uh, no family gets, only, you, you can only do it one time. Um, and so there's not, not people that can, that can take advantage of it. There's like an application process and everything. And, and um, they work through or community organizations and through churches who know families in need. And so, so be a part of that as well. I know my family likes to go to uh, Stony Creek every year, uh, Stony Creek Church. They, uh, tomorrow night and Saturday nights, they have a thing called A Night in Bethlehem. If you've ever been a part of it, it's really special. Um, it's basically kind of a hands-on Holy Land experience. They have animals, and they have crafts that the kids can do, and, and they teach uh, the kids about um, what it's all about. And, and uh, they even have a little manger scene with a live nativity as well. Uh, that's tomorrow night and Saturday from 6.30 to 8.30, so be a part of that. You say, why are you, why are you sharing about what other, other churches are doing events? Are, you know what? It's not all about the bridge, man. It's about the kingdom, all right? And, and I feel like, um, man, if, if, if you're a church and you believe in the Bible and you believe in Jesus, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to promote you because it's about getting people saved. And uh, I, I really, flee, really feel like God blesses that kind of, uh, that kind of attitude, and, and that's why he's blessed the bridge so much because we know that it's just not about us. Uh, so that's one reason we don't find time to worship Jesus. We just get too busy. But I think there's another reason we don't worship Christ as, uh, as much as we should during Christmas, and, and I believe that's because we don't know how to worship. In many cases, no one has ever really taught us what it means to worship or how to worship. The word worship comes from a combination of the words worth and ship. Worship has to do with value and worth. Value and worth. To worship is to say of Jesus, you're worth it all. There is no one so precious to me as you. You are worth it all. 
Sadly, worship is a missing ingredient in the lives of many believers, uh, a missing ingredient that can add, uh, can add much spiritual depth and richness to our lives. So what I'd like to do in this series is help you with that. Instead of sending you away from this sermon series loaded, loaded down with guilt because uh, you or I are not worshiping as we should be during this Christmas time, I want you to, to join me in learning together here what worship means and how we do it. That's why we gather here today and every single week. We're here to focus on him and to be reminded to focus on him daily, on him daily. When we genuinely worship, it changes us in a very positive way. Let me give you an illustration about this. Think of your life like a huge map. There's this here-you-are spot on the map, and there is the destination way on the other side of the map called worship. So here you are, and here's worship. It's a place of peace, confidence, hope, and strength. And so how do you get from where you are at this place to meaningful worship? To get to the answer, we're going to let some guys in the Bible teach us about worship. We meet these worshipers at the very first Christmas in Matthew chapter 2. So if you got your your Bible or your phone app, you can turn to Matthew uh, chapter 2. We're going to be going over about 12 verses. They sought for Jesus so they could worship him. That's what these wise men did. They came all the way from the east. I point that way. Is that east? All right, I was correcting that one. They came all the way from the east. They came all the way from Topsail Beach. Uh, They were called wise men. And as we study Matthew 2, 1 through 12 in this Christmas sermon series, I'm going to ask you to focus on six phrases with me. Now, don't get, don't get nervous. We're just going to focus on one tonight. These six phrases from this passage teach us something about how to worship. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to hear about what they said, and we're going to follow their instructions about how to worship Jesus at this Christmas time. But here's the thing. Uh, it's not just about this season. Right? Uh, this, this season is a reminder about what Jesus came to do and, and, and why uh, he, he came to earth. But we just can't make this like a one-month kind of type of year. This has to be year-long. And the more you do it year-long, the more this month uh, really means. So let's go to the Bible and look at what happened with the wise men met at, the, at first Christmas. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel and who will be our shepherd. 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Yeah, right. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. In this series, we will look at six facts about worship that we learn from the wise men. And tonight, we're going to talk about the first of these phrases. Number one, true worship begins with a heartfelt desire. True worship begins with a heartfelt desire. Simply put, if you don't have a desire to worship, then you're not going to worship. You have to want it. You have to desire worship. Worship is not going to just burst in the front door of your life. Like the wise men, you've got to seek him for the purpose of worshiping him. Now, uh, my wife and I, we just celebrated uh, 10 years of marriage. And um, I know some of you have been married a lot longer than that. But hey, it's a, it's a, we're, we made a decade. That's just, it's a start for us. But, um, but I have to want to pursue my wife. Just because I said I do 10 years ago, I got to continue to pursue her now. I have to have that desire. And, and we as believers have to have a desire to want to grow in our relationship. We have to have a desire to worship Jesus. It just doesn't happen. The Bible says in Matthew 2, 1, that the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. So who were these Magi? Um, hey, guys, it's getting a little warm in here. If we can just turn the AC up just a little bit. I see some, see some uh, people waving there. Uh, the Magi were political advisors. They had expertise in science, agriculture, math, history, astronomy, and religion. Because of their vast knowledge, they were sort of the power behind the power. They were the kingmakers of that day. This is why they were interested in this king who was going to be born. They had heard that this king was not just any king, but he was a very special king. They came not just to see him, but to worship him. What about you? What about you when you, when you come to church service? You know, do you come, uh, do you come to, to, to worship Jesus with your church family? How about, how about when you're around the house? Are, are you worshiping Jesus when, when you're at your house? Are you worshiping Jesus when you're at work, when you're, when you're in the community, when you're, when you're shopping uh, for Christmas? Whatever you're doing, are you worshiping Jesus with your very lifestyle? 
we talked about that last week. Um, you know, worship is not just what you do, it's who you are. It's who you are. It's, it's, it's what you live for. They came not to see him, but to worship him. And they came all the way from the east. Their journey to find this special king took them months and months. It was a very expensive and a very costly journey. Now, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they, if, if, they, if, they, if they rode on camels. You know, I don't know exactly how it was back then. Um, my wife and I, we did some mission work in North Africa, and we got to um, actually ride camels in the Sahara Desert, which is a crazy, and we actually got to spend the night there. And um, after, uh, it, was, it was really fun, <clears throat> a very unique experience, but um, after about 20 minutes, I was done riding a camel. Like, it's like no Cadillac. It's, it was just uncomfortable. You're bouncing around all over the place. Um, you know, they're spitting, and you're hoping not to get any on you. Uh, it's, it was hot, um, and that was 20 minutes. I can't imagine, um, you know, trying to go on a trek for months and months. But to them, it was worth it. It was worth it to them because this was a very special king that they were going to see. To make this kind of effort indicates more than just some intellectual curiosity. These men had a deep and sincere desire to worship the king. My question for you tonight is, do you have a deep and sincere desire to worship the king of kings? And if you have that desire, can other people see that desire? Can other people see that uh, that that's at the heart of who you are. When you think of true worship, it all begins with desire and emptiness in our lives that yearns to be fulfilled. When I think of wanting something, uh, being hungry for something, the first thing I think of is a physical desire, a, a physical need of hunger. Um, it's easy to figure out how I satisfy the hunger. Uh, I find something uh, of food and, and, I, and I eat it. Um, now, <laughs> I was I was uh, I was I was fasting at lunch today. There's some just a lot, lot going on right now, and and uh, so I was just trying to get focused on and and whenever you know I just my stomach was growling, it just reminded me to to pray and and um, you know I, I'm not trying to like brag. I know you know like the Bible says not to like tell people to fast. I'm, I'm trying to use an illustration here. Um, so I was fasting at lunch today, and um, and about 4:30 hit. And I was, I was hungry, man. And so, so I went to cookout, and I was running some errands. And, um, you know, I, had, uh, I got one of the trays. Uh, you know, I had, I had the burger, and uh, uh, I had the coleslaw and the, and the chicken quesadilla. And, and I was like, man, I'm really hungry, so I'm going to get a BLT as well. Oh, dude, I was hurt. I've been hurting the last two hours, man. My wife's like, my wife's like why'd you do that? I'm like, I was so hungry, man. But, uh you know, I, I got to learn. I got to learn. Um, but when you have a physical desire and you're hungry, um, you know, you, you feel that with food. But how does this work with worship? Because we're not talking about a physical need here. We're talking about a spiritual need. Physical wants are fulfilled in physical ways, but spiritual needs have to be fulfilled in spiritual ways. One of the mistakes we make is we have, we have a spiritual need, okay? 
And we try to fulfill that in a physical way. What are these spiritual needs that I'm talking about? How do you know that you're hungry spiritually? Well, it's when you feel empty inside. It's, it's, it's I need something to fulfill me. It's, it's when you feel isolated or lonely inside. There, there's a, there's a, it's a spiritual hunger that, that you have. It's when you feel this inner need for hope, for, that you want confidence and, and peace and strength in your career, in your relationships, in your parenting, in your finances. Those are all spiritual hungers inside of you. And many times we try to meet those spiritual needs with physical means. We feel empty inside, and so we go out and shop. We feel empty inside, so we eat more. We feel empty inside, so we binge on entertainments. Do we have any Netflix, Netflix bingers in here tonight? Have you ever started watching a show, a new show, and you've really enjoyed it, and, and all of a sudden you found that you've just watched the whole season in one night? You're trying to meet a physical need. Um, you know, I can't, I've turned into my dad, man. I like... I, I watch like three-fourths of a show, and I'm snoring on the couch. It's like, it's, I can't believe I turned into that guy, but that's kind of where I am right now. <clears throat> but this approach may be tempor- temporarily meet the need for a very short time, but it's not meeting the spiritual need permanently that you have. And that's why when you continue to try to meet this need with relationships and, and, and material things and food and uh, alcohol, uh, drugs, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe you try to meet this need through social media, and you just live off of social media because you are so unsatisfied with your life, you try to live through other people and not to live your, your life that God's given you. There is a reason why all those things make you feel empty because you will never be satisfied. You will never be fulfilled in all those worldly things. Jesus Christ is the only one that can feel those longings in your heart. This is where our addictions come from. Addictions happen when we're trying to meet spiritual need in physical ways. We, we keep trying this approach over and over and over again, but it never works, and we end up with another problem called addiction. What we really need to learn is what genuine worship of God is. And how do you do that consistently? How do you do that consistently? What we really need is only what God can give. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can feel these needs of emptiness, of hope, and connection. Only Jesus has the power to satisfy the emptiness, this spiritual hunger. It's fulfilled by spiritual means. Listen, I have everything I could ever want in my life. I have, I have God. I have uh, an awesome wife that's smoking hot. I have four kids <clears throat> that, that I love. I have a job that doesn't feel like a job most days um, where I, I love to go to work. I love what I do. I love uh, being used by God to, to touch lives. Uh, you know, I have, I have a house. I have a car. I have family. I have friends. I mean, there is nothing I am lacking in my life. I have everything that I could have ever dreamed to have, you know, 20 years ago. 
when I was, uh, you know, graduating high school and, and, and entering into college, and I was thinking about my life and, and what that would look like. But without Jesus at the center, I would really not have anything. All right. When you have God, you have everything. And everything else are just extra bonuses in your life. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know where you're at right now. I, I, I know, you know there's, there's some people in here that uh, maybe this is your first time coming to church. Maybe, you know, you don't, you never really, you really don't know what a relationship with Jesus looks like. You're like, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, I guarantee you, until you come to know your Savior, until you know your best friend, you will continue to fill this void and continue to be empty. Why? Because I, I was there. I was there. I've been there. And I, and I know how it is to live without Jesus, and I know how it is to have Jesus at the center of everything. Because you have the desire of worship, and because there's a spiritual hunger that has to be fulfilled, often as you read through the Bible, you'll see God comparing our spiritual needs in physical terms. You will read the words of Jesus when, when, when he refers to himself as the bread of life, as the living water that, can only, that he can only give to you. In Psalm 34, 34 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. What he's saying here is you've got this spiritual hunger, and you have to come to him to get that hunger satisfied. Where do these wise men get their desire from? It came through a supernatural messenger that there was something happening they knew they needed to be a part of. They just knew. They knew that, that whatever they were doing, this had to be their sole focus. The messenger to these wise men was a star. And I don't know how the star communicated with them. There, there's lots of theories about how they knew from a star that was Jesus was being born. Um, have you guys, I don't know a lot about you, but sometimes I look in my backyard, and I live in the city, but I got some woods behind me, so it's, it's pretty dark there. And sometimes, man, sometimes the moon is like right on top of you. And, uh, I mean, it's just so bright, you know, and you think about like, man, I wonder if like, you know, that's what the... You know, if the disciples like saw something like that, it was just so like you just couldn't deny it, and and they just and they just fall. I don't know what it was, but but because of the message from that star, a powerful desire was born in them, resulting in the willingness and determination to journey for many months to see this king that was being born. Like these magi, God will send messengers into your life that create a desire in your heart to seek him and to find Now, um, I went to Asbury Seminary, and uh, that's where I got my master's degree um, in, uh, in 2000, uh, 2006. I can't believe it's been almost 10 years, but uh, in seminary, we talked a lot about prevenient grace, and uh, John Wesley talked about this. It was, it was a desire uh, that God has put in your heart to know him. It's, it's the love and the grace and the mercy that he has extended to you, not because you're a good person, because we talked about that last week, that none of us are good, but it's, it's God who was, who was speaking to your heart. 
listen, um, you didn't come to Jesus just by your own. It's because, it's because God has extended his love, and he put a desire in your heart to know him. Now, you have to make that decision to know him personally, but he put that desire in you. And God knows that each of us has an emptiness that needs to be filled. For instance, he knows our need for companionship in our loneliness. God knows that. He, know, he knows our, our hope in a hopeless world, that we desire hope. He knows that we, we desire grace because we are prone to selfishness. Man, we, we are all selfish. It's, we live in a me society, and we live in the selfie society. I mean, I, I see selfie sticks all over the place, man. Um, but if I ever buy a selfie stick, just beat me over the head with that thing, man. Uh, we, we know our need. He knows our need for, for strength. And when God sends us a star, a message that assures us that he can meet our needs, we're drawn to that message. Now, what are some of the stars that God uses us to lead to him? Well, one of those is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit most certainly is a star for all of us. The Holy Spirit works to draw us towards Jesus, both before we trust him as our Savior and after we become his disciples. Maybe, uh, maybe music uh, may be a star for you. You know, there's, there's some songs that I hear, and um, it just takes me back, and it just, it just it, 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 uh, makes me uh, have a memory pop back in my mind of, of where I was at, you know, at that time, and, and it reminds me of, of God's faithfulness. I mean, man, there's been times where I've been so broken, and uh, I didn't even know what to say to God. I mean, I would, whether it be on my knees bawling or whether I'd be, um, you know, on, on a walking path, just walking or whatever it was, but there was like these songs that God brought to my mind that just reminded me of who he is and who I was as his kid. Uh, reading or hearing scripture is a star in our lives. Uh, when you read scripture, you will find that God says over and over, I'm able to meet the needs in your life. Whatever need you have, he is able to meet it. He's able to meet it. Um, my Bible is all marked up, and um, I highlight it, and, and uh, uh, I, put, I even put dates on there. When, when God spoke to me about something, I'll, I'll write a date on there, and, and then uh, it's always interesting to me to, to look back and see that date and kind of wonder where I was at in that time of my life. Uh, maybe people can be a star, a star for you. You look and you see a person's life and you think, how can they have this kind of peace when I know their world is falling apart? You know, like, I wish I had that. How do they have that kind of joy in the midst of their trouble? Uh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that kind of confidence they have. You know, uh, Keith Combs, he is, he's a, a jokester, he's a prankster, um, but man, he loves Jesus dearly. And, and he loves people dearly. And he loves the lost dearly. And so, so how can, you know, he didn't have to be here tonight to share uh, about what your giving is doing throughout the world. But he wanted to be here tonight, even though he just found out that news on Tuesday. He wanted to be here because he loves Jesus and he loves you. And he, and, he, and he loves what God is doing through this church. When you see that don't you feel jealous that the truth of the matter is it's it's telling you there's a spiritual hunger in your life 
And that need is met through worship. That need is met by saying, there's something I want that I don't always realize I want. This is the worship of God, and he can meet that need in my life. Or what about circumstances? Circumstances, good or bad, may be a star right now. Maybe there's a star for you. And right now in your mind, you just recognize this desire that you have, that God is the one who can meet this desire, whatever the circumstance you're going through. In your mind, you, maybe you could say something like, God, I need your presence to fulfill my need for connection. Maybe you could say, God, I need your comfort to fulfill my need for hope and strength right now in this difficult season, in this valley that I'm in my right, right now. God, I need your strength to fulfill my need for significance because you're trying to find significance in your job. You're trying to find significance in people. You're trying to find significance in all these other things that are just going to continue to disappoint you. But God can give you significance right now. You're saying, God, I need you more than I realize. This need, this emptiness, this hunger I feel inside makes me want to seek you, find you, and connect with you. Through my worship, I surrender. I want you, Jesus, and only you, to meet these needs in my life. That's where you start. With a sincere desire that recognizes worship means connecting with the one who made you. A sincere desire to connect with the one that made you. When you do that, needs are met in your life at deeper levels than you can even imagine. And that's the first thing these wise men teach us about worship is how to do that. I'm almost done here. Um, get a little real with you here. This has been a very tough week for the bridge and the Bridge family. Uh, many of you may know, and, and some of you may not, uh, Bailey Lynch, a 19-year-old boy, um, was, uh, he passed away uh, this, this past week, I believe it was Saturday night, in a hunting accident. And um, actually, I think he passed away during Saturday during the day, but uh, at night is when he, when he uh, passed. And <clears throat> He was just out hunting with, uh, with a friend, and an um, accident happened, and, and, and he died. Uh, Bailey Lynch's family attends the bridge. Uh, they attend our Princeton campus. And uh, the funeral was today. It was very heart-wrenching. There was uh, over 1,200 people that came to his funeral, 19 years old. And, uh, you know, his, his parents spoke at the funeral, and, oh, heart-wrenching. Um, Pastor Farrell spoke. Uh, he, he, uh, he officiated the service, and, you know, Pastor Farrell and Miss Millie and their family <clears throat> are going through a very difficult time, and, and the holidays, if you've lost a loved one, the holiday seasons can be excruciating. Um, Pastor Farrell did that um, message, and um, he, uh, uh, you know, he shed some tears as well, and, and thinking about Mitch, 
you might have heard as well about the accident at SPX uh, this past week and um, some, some men working on some transformers. Two of them passed away. Uh, one of them is currently uh, in ICU at Wayne Memorial. Um, you may not have known, but one of those guys, he is in his 30s that passed away and uh, his wife attends MOPS, uh, Mothers of Preschool at Princeton. I believe he was 32 years old, and they have a 10-month-old, a 10-month-old um, child. I, I think about all that, and I and I and I think about how what what those families must be facing, and 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 like we just like we just never know, we never know when when our time is. I mean. You know, Bailey is just, just hunting. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he, he's being rushed to the hospital and, 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 and just crying out, help me, help me. And, uh, and we believe he's with the Lord right now. The holiday season is really tough. And, and, and this may be the first Christmas that some of you are without your loved one. And you kind of ask the question, you know, okay, Pastor Jeremy, you're talking about worship. How do I worship? How do I worship when I'm going through such a hard time right now? Well, we have a God who understands all about heartache. We have a God who understands about loss. And I just want to encourage you, to worship the King of Kings, even if it's through your tears. To say, God, I miss them so much. And my heart is aching right now. And, and I'm not even looking forward to Christmas right now because I just think about the memories and I look at the pictures and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think about that. Those memories are, are done on this side of heaven. But if you can just say, God, you are still worthy of my worship. You are still good. And I miss them, but I love you. And I know that right now it hurts. But this is not all that there is right now. There's coming a day when he's going to wipe away every single here. And we serve an amazing God who can wrap your loved ones up, who knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And he can celebrate with them. And yet he can be with you during this difficult holiday season. He, he was with you last week during Thanksgiving. He can be with you a couple weeks when Christmas comes. And he is closer than your very own breath. He is an amazing father. And I pray that you are reminded of wonderful memories with your loved one. But worship through your tears because he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy. And have a heartfelt desire to worship God this season no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through. Let me pray.